Hey, spooky people! Welcome to another episode of Unknown Compelling Force. Episode 4. With your gracious hosts, <laughs> that girl Emily Law. And that girl Marissa Baldwin. <gasps> That's me! <laughs> hey! And Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito, he's here too. And we coincidentally have both the cats in here right now yeah. too. So it's only a matter of time before World War Three breaks out between them. Definitely. But... In exciting news, cat-related, tomorrow's Loki's birthday. Ooh, happy birthday, Loki. He's turning two whole years old. Oh my god, he's getting so old. Two years ago, I sat in my apartment and watched Molly give birth to him <laughs> in a cardboard box in my bedroom. It was super inconvenient. Did she guys, like, not know she was pregnant? No, okay, so here's the thing. I knew she was pregnant, and roommate A knew she was pregnant, but right up until a kitten came out of her, roommate B kept saying, I just don't think she's pregnant. I think she's just fat. <laughs> but she's so small that, like, it was just, yeah. <laughs> she'd have to be awfully fat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that was two years ago, and now he is my precious son. Um, in other news, I think we're both very excited, as well as um, millions of other people, that um, Mr. Cheeto Man finally left the White House. Yeah, that, just a tiny portion <laughs> of my clinical depression has been alleviated. Just a little bit. Knowing that although America is headed in a downward spiral, we are not going to descend through the Earth's crust in a roller coaster to hell quite as quickly as I thought, so hopefully... Yeah, hopefully this is the start of an uphill battle. This could be the start of something something new. Wait, (laughs) will we get, like, copyrighted? (laughs) Probably. Okay, we're going to stop while we're We're going to credit that to High School Musical. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we're going to stop while we're ahead. Um, So today, I think... We're both very excited about what we're going to discuss today. I think both of our topics kind of discuss... <coughs> Sorry, I have coronavirus. I think both of our topics kind of discuss, um, like, time, like, parallel universes, time travel sort of things. Yeah, all that good multiverse stuff. Oh, yeah. We're going to get deep into it, I feel like. I'm excited to hear your story because the the few things I've heard about it... It seems very intriguing, and I'm yeah. excited to hear the full story. It's re- it, it I think blew you, my fucking mind, bro. I think you already know my full story, but I'll still try to blow yeah. your mind with fun facts anyway. Yeah, but I I love that story, so every time I hear it, I'm like, I can't believe that, you know? It's like, it's a classic. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, f- nice. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> There's another copyright. <laughs> Thanks, Bo Rat. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I think we'll get right into it. Regal me with your tail. Get ready to be mind-fucked. Prepare to be amazed. <laughs> Alright, so the sort of topic I chose to discuss today was a guy named John Teeter. And I'm hoping that I'm spelling that last name right. It's T-I-T-O-R. So I'm just going to say Teeter. You didn't look it up? <laughs> I don't think... I don't know. I, I assume people have said his name before, but I've never heard this dude say his name because no one knows who he is. Um, so just a little, like, synopsis of who this guy is. He was, John Teeter was a name that was used on a bunch of, like, forums and stuff used during the 2000s and 2001, um, by a guy that was claiming to be an American military time traveler from the year 2036. So honestly, not that far from where we are right now. Yeah. 15 years. Yeah, so in 15 years we can just see if he is being honest or not. Basically, he made a bunch of predictions regarding events from, like, 2004 and forward, 
And of course, like, his story has widespread skepticism, and a lot of people believe that Teeter was just some guy named Larry Haber who was actually a Florida entertainment lawyer. And, like, at the end, we'll get into, like, why people sort of believe that. Okay. And I think to start, we are just going to discuss when he started posting uh, in this forum in 2000, and he also began sending faxes to this guy named Art Bell, who was a radio host. So... Beginning in November of 2000, uh, there was this forum called Time Travel Institute, and it began receiving posts under the name Time Travel underscore zero. Very original. Yeah, wow. Would it take you a year to come up with that? <laughs> he took him back in time. That's how he had to come up with that. It took that. him so long to come up with that name, he had to go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the first few posts that this dude posted... Uh, discuss time travel as well as a description of what the time machine he had would need in order to actually work. Okay. And he didn't begin using the name John Teeter until, like, the following year in January, so a few months later. So did he just, like, not display his name at all, or did he... Yeah, in the beginning it was just, oh, this guy under the name time travel underscore zero. Oh, okay. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? What is he talking about? John Teeter. (laughs) And these posts, honestly, didn't last too long. Um, he stopped posting in March of 2001, but honestly, he posted a lot. He faxed a lot of information over to this guy, Art Bell, that radio host guy. What and, a weird name. Yeah. Art Bell. But he, Art Bell was, like, he was a radio host for, mm-hmm. like, this paranormal, like, some, almost like what we're doing, you know what I mean? Oh, well, in that case, he was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I take back my criticism on him and his name. <laughs> So, to start, we're going to discuss what Teeter said you would need in order to have a time machine like his. In the beginning, in his beginning post, he talked about his time machine as being this stationary mass, temporal displacement unit powered by two topspin dual positive singularities, <laughs> producing a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. So, I don't know what any of that means, but apparently Tipler has something to do with math. And I ain't no mathematician, so... I ain't no mathematician, but shit don't add up. (laughs) Um, So, obviously, it has to do with this very intricate math equation and science, and we are nowhere near smart enough to understand any of that. But he claimed that the machine also contained a bunch of other stuff, such as two magnetic housing units for the dual micro-singularities... Ah, yes. Those things. <laughs> An electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro-singularities, which I guess kind of makes sense, altering mass and gravity. Okay. <laughs> A cooling and x-ray venting system. I don't know why he would need an x-ray, but I guess. Casey breaks his hands. <laughs> or other bones. <laughs> gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock, which also makes sense, I guess, to lock him in the time machine so he doesn't get, like, sucked out while being transported. Is that how time machines work? I guess. Cool. Uh, that's what he said. Four main cesium clocks. These are the most accurate types of clocks. That's what cesium is. And three main computer units. So Teeter stated that the device was installed in the rear of a 1966 Chevrolet Corvette convertible. And I'm just going to say that's super fucking sus. (laughs) Cough, cough, back to the future. Yeah, what the hell? (laughs) <laughs> but maybe we'll and just ignore Ant-Man, that. even though that hadn't come out yet. <laughs> maybe we'll just ignore that. <laughs> so, in 1998, Teeter sent his first fax to Art Bell, 
who, like I said, was the host of a late-night paranormal radio show. Sick. Yeah. I mean, basically us, it's so us it's pretty cool. Radio show. And this is kind of long, but I'm going to include, like, a condensed version of what his first fax to Art Bell said. So, quote, I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 A.D., Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in the year 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field, and by altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backwards in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. Some interesting outcomes are, one, you meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Um, excuse me. I simply must interject because every single time travel movie yeah. and or TV show ever explained is going to tell you that that's a bad yeah. idea. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, apparently you're really not supposed to try and interact with yourself if you go to the past. God, haven't you read The Sound of Thunder, The Butterfly Effect, man? Exactly. But this guy, John Teeter, says that it's okay, and he's taken himself on many rides in this Chevrolet (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) And two, he says, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. Damn. End quote. So that was like a synopsis of like his first facts to this art guy. And I I guess that's pretty scary to think of that, that this guy says that apparently there is no future after the year 2,564. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not too worried, because that's a long time from now. (laughs) We will uh, not be here. Yeah, I'm not too worried, to be honest. But, I mean, I guess it would be cool to figure out why he can't apparently... Meteor. Yeah, probably like some dinosaur shit. Meteor comes and wipes out the earth. Necromancers go too far and reanimate the dinosaurs and they reclaim the earth. (laughs) Sorry, was that weird to say? (laughs) So, in the forum posts, he talked a little bit about who he was, and he said that he was an American soldier from the year 2036, like I said, and he said that he was based in Tampa, Florida, and apparently he was assigned to a governmental time travel project and was sent back to the year 1975 in order to retrieve an IBM 5,100 computer, and apparently he needed this in order to debug various computer programs in the year 2036, and this is kind of relevant because apparently there's, you know the Y2K issue? Yeah. Apparently there's this this same issue um, in the year 2038. But I don't think, maybe I don't fully understand the Y2K thing because I thought it was just everyone. I'm going to discuss it. A little bit, so that everybody understands a little bit. Okay, because I think I understand, but based on the way you're talking, maybe I don't. It's kind of confusing, to be honest. Okay. Um, I I tried to research a bit more of the 
Y2K problem to understand the 2038 problem that there's apparently chances of having. So, from my understanding, this is sort of like the year 2000 problem, and HowStuffWorks.com says that most programs in the C programming language, which is a widely used programming for creating computer programs, are relatively immune to the Y2K problem, but instead suffer from the year 2038 problem. So, I guess the whole issue with the Y2K problem was time and how it would lapse over into the year 2000, and a bit... to explain that sort of issue is that um, the problems for this 2038 problem stems from the fact that most C programs use a library of routines called the standard time library. So, okay, put your seatbelt on. This is a little bit confusing. Okay, click. So according to the standard four-byte format, the beginning of time is January 1st, 1970 at 12 a.m. The 4-byte integer has a maximum value of 2,147,483,647. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah, good job. (laughs) I know, I didn't even have to count. That number is the maximum value of time before it rolls over to a negative value, and this translates to the date of January 19th, 2038. So that's like from when this time started. Yeah. That's as far as it can go until it gets into these negative integers. And then, I guess, basically fucks time up. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, it super does not make sense. <laughs> so like, sorry. okay, so you know how, like, every digital, every clock, every phone has the same yes. time. Basically, this 2038 problem leads to, like, time getting fucked up somehow. Because the system based on gets fucked up computers. based on, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So time gets fucked up because, uh, if I'm interpreting this correctly, we rely on computers and stuff yeah. for time. Yeah, for exact time. And it's times. not that yeah. reliable. Or it's, well, in the future, it's going to yeah. break down somehow. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so obvi- all you're telling me is that we're not going to know what time it is. Yeah, so obviously you could be, like, look at the sun and be like, oh, yeah, somebody it's go, 12 in the go, afternoon. Look at a sundial. <laughs> but, like, down to the milliseconds, it'll be, like, fucked up. Like, no one's going to know. You know what and, I mean? But also, here's the thing. Uh, time is an illusion. Time is irrelevant. And irrelevant. so is death. <laughs> and time is literally, like, made up, so... Well, John uh, Teeter thinks it's gonna cause a fuck ton of issues, so that's why he had to go back and grab that computer from the 70s. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I... Clearly, John Teeter has a much better understanding of this than I do, so I am inclined to believe him, uh, and him saying that time's gonna stop existing, so I'll just let you keep going. <laughs> Whoever he was, he was a smart dude, but yeah. I, I'll give him that. Seems like a guy who is very well-researched regardless. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, that huge number that is the maximum value of time, and that ends on January 19th, 2038. And on this date, C programs that use the standard time library will start to have problems with date calculations. So that's just the big issue, is that all our computers and phones, the time is going to get fucked up, and people are going to be like, oh, shit. Okay, well, that's less scary than I thought. Yeah, but if, from my understanding, that's what the Y2K problem was. People right. were worried about the computers crashing, so they were yeah, worried about I the thought, time. everyone was like, oh, turn off your computers before midnight on Y2K, and I was like, yeah. well, what, is your computer going to crash? Is that the big thing? No, it was here? more they were worried about time, I guess. That's still very strange to me. Like I said, it's a little over my head, at least. Most things are over my head. I'm only 5'2". <laughs> <five> <laughs> but anyway, so the IBM 5... 
1100 that Teeter claimed that he needed runs APL and basic programming languages, which would help fix the 2038 problem. So that's his reason for getting that, for needing it to fix this problem. And he said that he was selected for this mission <coughs> because... Oh because his paternal grandfather was directly involved with the assembly and programming of the IBM 5100, which I guess could make sense. His, I guess his grandpa could be f from the 70s. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and to prove his claim, he described unpublicized features of the 5100, leading people to believe that a computer scientist was behind these forum posts. So when Teeter began posting in 2000, he claimed he was there for personal reasons to collect pictures lost in the future Civil War, and to visit his family, who he talked about a lot. And he expressed that the events from his timeline could be different from our timeline, and this is due to the multiverse, which is the hypothetical group of multiple universes. Yeah, I've seen Spider-Man, I know. Yeah, he's <laughs> seen Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I literally love Spider-Man so much. I like that movie. I love all Spider-Man content. <laughs> That's how you I do. Feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> So, he stated that the differences between multiverses are minimal, which leads people to interpret his predictions and compare them with historical events that have happened since 2001. So, this is where, like, my mind started to get blown. He, okay. he talks about how he has so many predictions that happened, like, past the year 2004, and yeah, they didn't happen in the way that he said they would or the year that he said they would. But some of this shit, I was like, whoa, bro, 2020. <laughs> we'll get into his Did he predict coronavirus? Did he say if it goes away or not? Listen to this shit. Listen. I'm listening. I'm very excited. So, going into some of his claims, he claimed that the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics, again, way over my head, but this is also known as the many worlds interpretation, is correct. He claimed that because of his time travel, this caused a new time stream to form. So this gives his predictions the ability to stand up to scrutiny when they do not come true. Because it could be like, okay, I mean, we're technically on a different time stream yeah. or a different multiverse than from where he was from his standpoint in the 2000s. So for a few months in his postings, he began alerting people about the threat of Kreutzfeld jacob disease spread through beef products and about the possibility of civil war within the U.S. <gasps> For the year 2020 specifically? Well, no, but this is what he says. Quote, I get no pleasure out of being right when it comes to CJD disease, war in the Middle East, or suffering people in faraway lands. There's nothing like the look on someone's face when you tell them 100,000 people will be dead tomorrow. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, yeah, if someone, if I was just chatting with somebody, he was like, listen, I'm from the future, 100,000 people are going to be dead tomorrow, I'm going to be like, um, yeah, police, he's right here. <laughs> like, I know, but he's talking about some disease. I'd be like, sir, you are under arrest. Some disease, and then yeah. over 100,000 people dying a day. Yeah, that is, you know. <laughs> Coronavirus. <coughs> but anyway. So, I don't have coronavirus, guys. I just have a cold. Yeah, plus we both got tested, like, not. Because like, I had week. a cold and had a mildly sore throat, so I had to go get tested. We're, we're good. We're safe. So, an online sus subscriber had asked Teeter about UFOs, and Teeter, Hell yeah. Teeter stated that he believed in UFOs, but he claimed that they remained unexplained in his time, which is 2036. Ooh, so you're telling me in 18 years, 16 years? Nothing comes out. Not 
I could give birth to a child right now, and when they're driving a car, we still won't have any answers about <laughs> right, you. Right this very minute, you give birth. Yep. <laughs> Here it is. This is the babe. Okay, go on. So, Teeter suggested that UFOs and extraterrestrials could be travelers from much further into the future than his own time, which I think makes sense. Yeah. It would explain their technology and how it's better and... Yeah, that would explain a lot. And how they don't want to come in contact with us because it's the future of yeah. us. You know what I mean? So he says, quote, As far as the future goes, your world line is about 2.5% different than mine. This is a roughly cumulative measurement based on my arrival in 1975. As far as I can tell right now, you are headed towards the same events I would call my history in 2036. However, the very nature of time travel states that every world line is unique and you are very much in control of what you do and how you get there. Heck, the fact that I'm here makes it different from mine. Unquote. Yeah, I was gonna say that as soon as you're here, it's a diff- based on what I'm picking up from him is the f- as soon as he was here, it became a different timeline. Yeah, so basically, like, yeah. The butterfly effect is like, yes, but also no. Yeah. Like he said, as soon as you shut that machine off, you've created a separate multiverse. Right. Interesting. Okay. So, I mentioned that Teeter talked about a civil war happening, (laughs) and this is what he had to say about it. He said that there would be a civil war in the U.S. having to do with, quote-unquote, order and rights. Be ready to get your mind blown. I'm ready. He described it as beginning in 2004 with civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year. Mind blown, 2020 election, coincidence? I think not. I think not. He just got the fucking year wrong, bro, by a lot of years, but... (laughs) But here's here's the thing. Um, You can say that about kind of any, uh, I don't know, democracy and say, in this year there's going to be big unrest over the election, because that's bound to happen. Yeah. And then saying, oh, I got the year wrong. Yeah, and that's kind of significant. Yeah, and he does say that, like, a legit civil war kind of starts from this problem, but if we think about it, I think the 2016 election up until, you know, this year, that's caused major shit compared to past elections. Like, yeah, okay, when, you know, Bush was president, when Obama was elected, yeah, there was, I'm sure there was unrest, but it wasn't as publicized and as... I guess aggressive. violent, yeah, as aggressive as it has and been these so past four years. And so prominent and enduring. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So yeah. that's why I was kind of like, whoa, what? Right. Um. So he said that the civil conflict was characterized as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse. And the Waco siege was, was a law enforcement siege of a compound that belonged to the religious sect branch Davidians. And it was carried out by the U.S. federal government, uh, Texas state law enforcement, and the U.S. military in 1993. Wait. Wild. So, yeah, so he said that as a result of the war, the U.S. would split into five regions based on various factors and differing military objectives. The Civil War, World War Three, would start in 2008 and end in 2015, being quite brief but intense. So far we haven't gotten to that point, but there was a lot of talks about that. Okay. In the past, I feel like. Yeah. Because, Like, well, jokingly, like, oh, this is gonna be fucking World War Three, Right, like, especially with the recent election and all of the insurrectionalist terrorists that are refusing to accept the election for what it was yep. and are very clearly 
willing to go to war over yeah. this. So over, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, we're we're gonna get so angry if we even try if we even talk about that. Right. Let's just call it like it is. They were are domestic terrorists. Yep. There are terrorists trying to take over our government. They, the end. They are not patriotic. I don't give a fuck. Okay. <laughs> Anymore. Yeah, that this is not pol- a political podcast. This is a spooky podcast. I mean, everything's a little political. You want to be really scared? U.S. In, government. Yeah, look at the U.S. government. <laughs> Watch the news. That'll shake you in your boots. Oh, yeah. I'm all quaking in my boots every time I look at Facebook. Like, I know I've said before that we have everything in this podcast that makes you a little afraid of the dark. Uh, and then did you see that there was, like, a report done that people have literally slept better yes. since the election? Yeah, since yeah. <laughs> Biden was sworn in, they were, like, it's been researched that people have been sleeping better. And I think a lot of tension has been alleviated from so many people in America. Even, like, not just America, around the world. Yeah, and that's that's the tea, is that it's literally yeah. worldwide. Yeah. They're, like, the entire planet has just been watching the absolute circus ring that is American politics, and the fact that so many people couldn't see it, that the rest of the world was so hard laughing at us. Oh, yeah. And now you can just tell that the whole kind of world has breathed a really big sigh of relief. Yeah, definitely. Oh Except for the few who are terrorists. Yeah. Even Mother Earth herself, you know, with Biden passing all these plans for, for like, conservation, conservation and everything. yeah. And where Trump was just signing off on all this shit, like, building pipelines and right. all this shit. And fracking, he wants to do more. And Biden's like, hold up. Hold up, my man. We got to save this Earth. Yeah. <laughs> one, of my, one of my students who loves animals very much, just, like, his very cool teacher, Miss Mercer, <laughs> uh, was saying, we watched the inauguration in class. Yeah. And uh, he was saying that the new president cares a lot more about creatures than the old president. Aww. And I was like, you know, that's all you gotta know, buddy. That's yeah, good. you're right, little guy. <laughs> that's, that's good, dude. You're pretty smart. So, anyway, sorry to derail with political No, that's, that's totally fine. Um, so, Teeter also referred to this whole exchange as end day, where Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida are specifically mentioned as being hit. He stated that after the war... Omaha, Nebraska would be the new U.S. capital. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. When I read that, I was like, why? It's because no one wants to drive through Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I think, I'm pretty sure my dad, he lived in Nebraska for a while. He said there's fucking, there's nothing yeah, there's out nothing. there. So I guess it makes sense. So it's a good place to build a city because there's just wide open nothing? Or just put the fucking capital in the middle of the fucking plains of Nebraska. Yeah. No one's going to fucking want to drive out there. Yeah. It's just flat roads yeah. for hours. <laughs> That, yep. <laughs> and it's just legit flat roads. There's nothing to look at except road. <laughs> that sounds really fun. <laughs> I'm but, sorry to anyone who lives in Nebraska. Yeah. But we're I not, feel like they would, would agree with us. We're not roasting you. I feel like they would agree with us. I'm though. sure it's a lovely place. So, no, okay. <laughs> uh, we derailed a bit. Um, who, us? No. <laughs> so, yeah, Teeter talked about how the new U.S. capital would be in fucking Omaha, Nebraska for some reason. It's so... He so. he was very vague about the exact motivations and causes for World War Three, but he did mention the hostilities as being led by border clashes and overpopulation. Well, yeah. So I think very loosely, if you interpret that very loosely, we can talk about immigration. We can talk about 
um, you know, states not agreeing with certain laws. So, like, oh, Texas, they're like, ooh, we love big guns. We love wielding them in everybody's faces. And Texas then, loves the death penalty. Texas has the biggest fucking ego I've ever seen, and they have no right. If you're from <laughs> Texas, I'm so sorry. But you guys have the biggest fucking egos in the world. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's very vague about it, but I feel like in some ways the stuff he does mention does make sense. And yeah. it, it, I can see as being a possibility. And as a little bit of a devil's advocate, I kind of wanted to add some stuff that people had mentioned in order to debunk this whole teeter guy. Because you gotta have those people. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's only right to kind of share what other people think. Right. So in 2009, there was a report by John Houston of the Hoax Hunter website <laughs> named Larry Haber. He's a scare finder. He, he, exactly. <laughs> He's a ghost facer. Ghost facer. Supernatural, anybody? Uh, my babysitter's a vampire, anybody? <laughs> what was his fucking name? Doug Falconhawk. Doug Falconhawk with that fucking hair. The scare, the scare finder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... This hoax hunter guy, he said that this dude named Larry Haber was the CEO of this foundation, um, and that, like, him and his brother, who was a computer scientist, were most likely the men behind John Teeter. Okay. He, he had his reasons for it, just talking about how this was a whole, like, experiment sort of thing, oh, which was kind of fucked up. Because then in 2018, which actually wasn't that long ago... There was a multimedia artist named Joseph Matheny who was a creator of this alternate reality game called Ong's Hat, and he kind of had the same reasons behind apparently why he did it. Um, he said that he worked as a consultant for the people that are responsible for the Teeter legend. Oh, okay. And he said that John Teeter, quote, is a story that was created as a literary experiment by people who were observing what I was doing with Ong's Hat and these people wanted to do something like that. I was a consultant on the project, but it wasn't my project. So he's basically just ratting on some people, saying he's that... Just, he's just killing it. Yeah, man. like, okay, this was just some social experiment, and I feel like he was low-key just trying to give his game some clout. Yeah, could uh -huh. be. Because he has absolutely no evidence to prove this. That's like the, the guy who, like, started the Bigfoot legend... And his sons came forward, like, decades later yes. and were like, hey, this was all a hoax. Our dad was a big old prankster. Yeah, he and would literally, like, like make those feet prints, like, yeah. which like, is funny. Man, just, at this point, just let it ride. Like, don't, don't crush people People are souls. shitty pranksters, man. If you, if you, everyone listening, if you become part of a prank or a legend or whatever that gets this big... You are simply not allowed to tell anyone the truth. Like, you just let ruin people it. believe this shit, man. <laughs> you can, I don't care if it's decades later, you can't come forward and say it was all a prank. You're just, you're only gonna hurt people's You're hearts. just gonna be a fucking jerk. <laughs> don't, don't be that guy. So yeah, like, when I was reading about the game, like, it sounds much like what happened with Teeter's claims and how the information spread, but I feel like this could have just been him hearing about Teeter and thinking it would be make a great game, considering there's no proof that Teeter was just an experiment. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy, okay, this guy was like, I was a consultant on this project, but I'm not gonna say who it was and what it was for. Um, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I took part in it, but, you know, then and have no I... evidence to back it. Yeah. Wait I think that's fucked up. I feel like this was just clout. This guy was like, this guy heard about John Teeter and was like, wow, this would make a cool game. 
He's a cloud chaser. But, yeah, I mean, anyway, that pretty much sums up John Teeter. I mean, he made quite a few posts, and a, quite a few of them were very long. Obviously, I didn't want to bore you with these really long posts. What kind of stuff did he post about, though? Like, just kind of the same stuff you are saying? Yeah, so just, like, okay, who he was, he talked about how he was an American soldier, and he was, you know, sent on this mission by the government to retrieve this computer. He talked about why he needed that computer from the 70s. So if he, but my question is, if he needed a computer from the 70s, why was he in the early 2000s? Because he was still there for personal reasons, according to him. Okay. So I guess he went back to 1975, either he stayed for that long, or he went back to the future, came back to the 2000s, 1998, and was like, he said he was there for personal reasons for some reason. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe a family member that he really, really was close to died and he kind of wanted to sort of I feel like he should have said what the personal reasons were. Yeah, I mean, especially since, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Because I guess since he probably didn't really use his real name. Oh, yeah. Maybe he just, unless he did, but I don't think so. I didn't, I don't think he used his real name. I don't think he would be smart to. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he would use his real name. But yeah, so he just talked about, like, what his machine was, what it was made of, how it worked. Um, basically, like, Back to the Future, but yeah, we'll right. ignore that. I won't. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. Once I read that, he fucking, this friggin'. He's like, I have the time machine in the back of my old car. Yeah. Literally. Oh, right. <laughs> this fucking time machine is in the trunk of this fucking 1966 Chevrolet Cor- Corvette convertible. Okay, so sounds like somebody's fucking girl hunting. Yeah. <laughs> With their... Chevy convertible. Yeah. So, I looked up what the type of car was for Back to the Future. I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't that, obviously. Um, but it was, like, an older car, so. Pretty sus, my guy. That's, that's, it's very weird that that's the thing that gets me. It's just so, like, cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, you did all, like, assuming that this is false, you did a lot of fucking research to make this seem legit. Yeah, And like, you worked super hard and you're gonna blow it on a cheesy thing like you have it in a Chevy yeah. convertible. I mean, he definitely seems smart enough to not do something stupid like that. Right. Like, he's talking about all these math theories that are involved um, with this time machine and stuff and, like, exactly how these multi-universes work. Yeah. So I would assume he'd be smart enough not to be like, oh, it's just like Back to the Future. You know? Yeah. But who knows? Interesting. I don't know. Maybe he's a, some sort of impasta. I don't know. Impasta. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. I hope y'all kind of indulged in that information. I know it was a lot of information, <laughs> and a lot of it was confusing because I'm no science major, I'm no mathematician, but I think it was important to put that in there to sort I mean, of back up his It's claims. possible that someone listening would know what those fancy words mean. That'd be pretty cool. If someone listening knew what the fuck a standard offset Tipler sinusoid was. Oh, damn. I mean, I, I looked up Tipler, and that's, like, a super in-depth math thing. So, I know that, but that still doesn't help. <laughs> it's very interesting, though. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. There are, like, a surprising number of stories that start even in, like, really early in history, like, 16, 1700s or before, of people thinking along the lines of 
people either going to or coming from other dimensions. Oh, yeah. And, like, they don't necessarily use it in those terms because they didn't, I don't think, had yeah, words for it obviously then. not. But, like, they'll tell you stories and people will interpret them now and be like, you know what would be a good explanation for this thing? Interdimensional gift. Yeah, that there's just a bunch of dimensions like ours but are just slightly different. Yeah. And I, I... 100% believe that. I love reading stories about people that, like, glitches in the matrix, yes. people that believe they got, you know, thrown into an altered dimension. Like, there was this one lady, it was probably on Ranker. I was gonna that say, I read yeah, this. Ranker stories. Yeah. yeah. About people, like, uh, I see a lot in the Midwest that people will be driving through the Midwest and, like, especially, like, Southwest mm-hmm. and hit, yeah. like, uh, a random exit off the highway mm-hmm. and then it's like, so they go through some really fucking weird town that yeah. doesn't make sense that they don't ever remember seeing before, and then they look back on a map and it, like, doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, my or, God, like, they yeah. they go back and can never find it again or yeah. something like that. Like, I read this one lady, she was so positive that she woke up in another dimension. She said her bed sheets were different. She didn't recognize her bed sheets. Her apartment... <gasps> How do you know? Oh, that's... The, her, what is, yeah. That's such a small yeah, thing, exactly. but that would be so Exactly. Weird. She said her boyfriend was different but like just something was off about her boyfriend I read this a long time ago but okay, I, a lot of women feel that way sometimes <laughs> I just remember significantly that her she said her bed sheets were different like little that things that kind of back up Teeter's claims of like the s- slightest changes in multi-dimensional universes like yeah. he said some car models that never existed were somehow existing in another dimension um, stuff like that. So, or like, if I, I don't know if you, any classical literature fans out there, I don't know if this counts as classic literature, but a short story we had to read in high school about is called I want to say the Sound of Thunder, uh, where basically you can go back in time and hunt dinosaurs, but you have to stay on this one path and be like super super careful. This one guy saw a T Rex and freaked out and walked off the path, and when they came back through the time machine thing all the signs that were in the building and, like, the language was just slightly off. Like, it was just slightly not English. And he looked on the bottom of his boot and there was a smushed butterfly. So he, like, stepped on this butterfly. Hence the butterfly hence effect. Hence the butterfly effect, yes. That's where it came from. Shit. As he accidentally stepped on this butterfly and somehow that led to English is just slightly different. That's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, I love these kind of things. Yeah, and... Glitch in the Matrix shit. We could cover, like, a whole episode on Glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, can I share a story with you real quick about one that absolutely blew my mind? It happened to me just a couple weeks ago. Hit me with it. I passed the same guy walking the same dog on the same road about a mile apart when I was driving home from work. (sighs) Like, I swear, I swear to God. So I left work, and I was driving down the street that, you know, my place of employment Yeah, okay, yeah, we're on the same street, so yeah. So I crossed that bridge. And I saw a guy wearing a puffy blue jacket walking a, like, one of those, like, speckled kind of dogs. Like, he was black and white, but, like, speckles all over. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, a dude. Okay. Cute dog. Cute dog. Right? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I noticed. Yeah, exactly. I took note of this very cute dog. And then, as I passed the red light and then, like, moved on and I drove probably half mile down the road and I passed the guy again. And I literally just looked at him and started screaming in my car, <laughs> like, hitting the steering wheel. I'm like, it's the same guy. It's the same guy. Like, it was the same guy, the same jacket, the same dog. Like, you can say it was a generic white guy with brown hair and a blue puffy jacket, but yeah. the dog was the same. Yeah. And that's what, 
blew my fucking mind. And I just was, like, screaming. I was like, I can't believe no one else is here to see this. this is and nice. I feel like it would have been different if it was, like, your standard German Shepherd or something. But right. when and the that, markings are different. It was a very different... specific-looking dog. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I never thought anything like that would ever happen to me, but it was so cool, but so weird. Oh, my and God. And I almost wanted to turn around and go and see if, like, the other guy was still there, but I didn't because I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long work day. <laughs> I wanted to go home. That's so crazy. We're definitely going to have to... I feel like get more into depth with, like, Those, parallel universes yeah. and stuff. Uh, would you like to dive into a parallel universe with me real quick? Oh, fuck yeah. I'm excited. Emily, have you heard of my friend, the man from Torrid? I have, but I'm so excited for you to go in depth of who this man was. It is time to go in depth. Let's hear about our man from Torrid. Alright, so, this is a super popular kind of urban legend that I'm sure a lot of people have heard mm. of. The man from Torrid. Emily, let me set the scene for you here. <laughs> Picture this. Picturing. It's July 1954 at Haneda Airport in Tokyo, which is now the Tokyo International Airport. Mm-hmm. Okay. A Caucasian man walks in. <laughs> so, he's got a beard. He comes through customs. His primary language is French, but okay. he's also fluently speaking Japanese as well. Oh, wow. Because okay. they were in Japan. As he went through customs and spoke with the airport employees and presented his papers, and they all looked very authentic, including his passport, he claimed to be from a country called Torrid. T-A-U-R-E-D, Torrid. Can't say I've ever heard of it. Uh, no one had. Hence the <laughs> sudden flurry of utter confusion at the Haneda airport uh, when employees were super confused, obviously, and began asking him a bunch of questions. They took him, you know, out of line into questioning. Mm -hmm. And the passport that he had was issued from Torrid, and it looked completely valid and had even been stamped by other countries. That's so cool. he could, while they took him into questioning, he even pointed on a map where Torrid supposedly was, but the area he was pointing to was actually the Principality of Andorra, which Fancy. you've probably never heard of, because <laughs> I hadn't. It is a small principality between France and Spain in the Pyrenees Mountains. It's only about 180 square miles, so it's very small, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he said that uh, Torrid was a very small country. Mm -hmm. Which from, could explain why he spoke French, because he's technically from that area. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's why his primary language was French, was he was, like, from Torrid, right next to France. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, he wasn't speaking Torridese. Uh, <laughs> so, from what I can tell, this principality of Andorra has existed for all of modern history, so it's not, like, a new country that was once Torrid, mm -hmm. uh, and there's no historical record of a Torrid ever existing anywhere on Earth. Uh, so the man was getting really agitated that the airport wouldn't let him into the country based on his travel documents, and he kept giving more and more very convincing details about his travels, and uh, he, you know, saying that he travels a lot for work, mm -hmm. and he travels with this fancy company, and that he'd made travels several trips to Tokyo before, and he even had a lot of currency from these different countries. Mm -hmm. So he had a lot of proof on his person that he was just a traveler who travels a lot for work, and he had his, you know, his passport, or passport stamped, and he had all yeah. this, this money from other places, so it was very clear he had been to these other countries yeah. as well. Um, he even gave the name of his company and the hotel in Tokyo that he would be staying in, and while the company did exist in Tokyo, so he gave a real name of a country, or a company that did exist in Tokyo, mm -hmm. uh, obviously it did, they could not confirm nor deny whether it existed in Torrid, because that country doesn't exist. Makes sense. Um, but they checked the hotel that he mentioned, which also did exist, but there was no booking for this man, or under the name of his company or anything. Mm-hmm. 
So, obviously, Tokyo officials were super suspicious, like, all the people at the airport. Uh, so this was, like, right after World War II. Yeah. When espionage was at its peak. So there's a, there's, that's a tidbit for you. Yeah. Um, even though, obviously, airport security wasn't what it is today by any means, it still, they, it was they right after a world war. They weren't about to let some man from a country yeah. that didn't exist through their airport. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah, me either, definitely. Uh, so instead they had to move to a hotel room and confiscated all of his stuff uh, while they, like, conducted their investigation and went through his shit, and they, like, low-key thought that he was some kind of criminal. <laughs> or a spy. Or, ooh, girl, we will get there. Oh, ooh! I mean, not really, but, like, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so he was put in this hotel room while they conducted their investigation. Two guards were placed at the door of his hotel room, and obviously... As with most hotel rooms, the only exit was that door that yeah. had the two guards. And then one window that was several stories off the ground. Mm-hmm. So, the next morning, the guards go in. Dude's gone. Ooh. He's vanished. All of his belongings are gone. He's just completely, like, obliterated. They conducted a huge search, because at this point, they're definitely thinking he's a criminal of some kind. Oh, yeah. And he's up to some big stuff. So they conducted a big search. They never found him or any of his stuff. And the man from Torrid was never seen again. That's so messed up. So messed up. <laughs> oh my god. What is his mothership coming back to get him? They like, what was they it? They came back for him. He took his time travel thing out of his briefcase, maybe? Yeah, maybe he was that guy. <laughs> maybe he was John Teeter. He was John Teeter. John Teeter is the man from Torrid. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, okay. So before I hop into my explanations and theories, I want to hear what you've got to say, Miss Emily. Okay, so I... I've known about this story for a very long time. I always felt like, seeing as, like, the Japanese officials said that he was very visibly angry and upset, leads me to believe that this guy just did not know what was going on. Like, he right. he's he was very sure that, you know, obviously he's from Torrid, and he knew, like, he was very sure in who he was and where he was and what he was doing and why he was there. And he was getting angry, obviously, at the officials for being like, why are you showing me this map that does not have my country yeah, like, on it? Like, bro, why are you jamming me up? Yeah, why are you trying to get me all riled up? Like, you want to throw hands right here in the airport? Do you want to throw hands with me, Tokyo International Airport? <laughs> um, but, like, think how weird that would be. Like, say if, like, you travel, like, I have a friend who travels for work. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as regularly as this guy does. But can you imagine if she just, like, hopped off the plane in... I don't know, Spain, mm-hmm. uh, or some place that you had been many times, yeah. and all of a sudden people are like, I have no idea what the United States is, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Oh my God. And you hand them your U.S. passport and all of your documentation that's been stamped and approved and yeah, all this stuff, and then they're just still like, no, that's fucking crazy, I've never heard of that place. And then they show you a map and it says some shit that's not your country. Yeah. That's... I would also be agitated. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about that like... I've never been outside of America, so let's just say... It's good. Suddenly, New Jersey ceased to exist. And I was here, like... I was here, like... (laughs) I'm from New Jersey, and people are like, what? I was like, yeah, like, I've lived my 22 years of life in New Jersey. I have my birth certificate from where I was born in New Jersey. I don't have a passport, so... um, Yeah, and they'll be like, what the fuck is New Jersey? There's only 49 states, bro. And that would... I, I think I would go crazy. I don't think I'd be angry. Be like, are you trying to say New York? <laughs> are you trying to say New 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 New, Me- new Mexico? There's a New Jersey. I, go back to Old Jersey. What? 
What, you had a big game and your jersey was dirty, you had to get a new jersey? <laughs> yeah, that would years to make that joke. That would make me so mad. Oh my god. What did Della wear to the party? I have no clue. Her new jersey. No! Oh. <laughs> Emily, how did you not see that coming? I'm so bad at these <laughs> jokes, guessing these things. I'm not creative like that. It's like one of my mom's favorite jokes. Every time we drive through Wilmington, she's like, what did Della wear to the party? I'm like... I don't know. <laughs> it's New Jersey. Her New Jersey. Good oh one, my Amy. God. I'm still laughing. New Jersey's just one big joke. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I believe. I feel like this man didn't do it on purpose. I think it might might have been just like a glitch in the matrix sort of thing. And somehow he ended up going back to Torrid. I don't know how that could have been. Maybe his company was like a super big company and they realized, shit, where did this guy go? And, and they, they just started about, checking all the dimensions. Yeah, they, they knew about, like, the multiverse and were like... They're like, dude, someone go check Universe 32A. <laughs> oh, that's he's stuck size. in 1955, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's honest. That's obviously one of the biggest theories that people have is that they think he's from another dimension or some kind of parallel universe, which is my favorite, yeah, of course, yeah. which would explain a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we were saying before, there are, like, a lot of stories about people who believe that they've, like, very briefly entered another dimension yeah. and then, like, come back to ours. Like, like I said, a lot of people who are just driving and yeah. they're like, where the fuck am I? And then they come back. I've read a lot of those to, stories, like, yeah. to normal world. And, you know, there's always the people who hypothesize that they were taken to another dimension temporarily. Mm-hmm. There was a very famous case of Louis Le Prince, who invented the motion picture. He just disappeared. Brian Schaefer, who disappeared outside a bar. <gasps> yeah, oh my I know gosh. you love Brian uh, Schaefer. Oh my god. Um, and Owen Parfit, who couldn't even walk, and he disappeared from his wheelchair while he... And this was... <gasps> yes. This was in probably, I think, the 1800s. This dude couldn't even walk. He was yeah. completely wheelchair-bound, and he 100% relied on his sister for care. They were, like, sitting outside the house, and he was cold, so she went in to grab him yeah. a blanket, and she came back, and he was gone, but his wheelchair was there. And they <sighs> never found him. <laughs> He's like, uh, this, what's that Christmas carol, little, little Timmy or whatever, he suddenly could walk again? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, uh, the grandpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> exactly. He's suddenly up and dancing. It's not that he couldn't walk, it's just he did not feel compelled to <laughs> until something made him. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, so just, you know, there are a lot of people who believe that they've entered a different dimension and then either come back like nothing happened, or there are people who've disappeared and people have hypothesized that the only explanation is that they were taken to another dimension. Oh my god, yeah. Have you ever heard of or seen the show Sliders? Mm-mm. No? Okay. This was, like, an old sci-fi show in, like, the early 2000s that Jim forced me to watch when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, Jim. Um, oh, Jim. So, <laughs> we weren't allowed to watch kids' TV at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sliders was basically this group of people who had this device that could help you slide from one dimension to another, and the whole show is them, like, trying to get back home, and yeah. they're, like, in a different dimension each episode, and all the different dimensions are either wildly different, Mm -hmm. or there's just something slightly different. Like, there was one that everything was the same, except nobody wore clothes. (laughs) I love that. What the fuck? Like, stuff like that. So it's just, like, like dumb, weird shit like that. Everyone was just suddenly nudists. Yeah. I love that. Or it's just, like, something crazy, like, giant bumblebees are taking over the world or something. Was it actually a good show, or was it, like, kind of It was surprisingly good. Yeah? 
It was surprisingly good because given the premise of the show, there were so many different things they could do with it that mm. every single episode was super different. Yeah. Which that's could cool. be really interesting. Yeah. So there's just like there are a lot of different obviously theories about the multiverse like you were talking about and different dimensions and stuff like that. So that's a very big theory for our friend from Torrid. Mm. Um, so there are people who think that he came through some kind of wormhole or mm-hmm. inter- interdimensional rift. Um, and some people think that places like the Bermuda Triangle, places like that, uh, are portals to another dimension, mm-hmm. and that he either found his way back through the portal, or that he was just kind of taken back there suddenly and, like, disappeared. It was just a blip. Almost, yeah, almost like it, the dimensions just kind of reset. Yeah, and like, oh, kind fuck. Of back where he was. Bro, we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, get, get back here. God. <laughs> God made a mistake. Um... But yeah, there just there's so many stories. I'll just have to do like a whole episode on this. But like one of the biggest theories is that he was from another dimension and that in which Tor did exist. Yeah. Another theory that's pretty prominent is that they think he was a time traveler and he ended up at the Tokyo airport by mistake in the wrong year. Uh, mm-hmm. So he could have been from really far in the future because, like I was saying, yeah, there's no Torrid in, in the existence past. ever. Yeah. So it's possible that it's from the future where a country called Torrid could exist, you know, years from now. Yeah. But he was quoted as saying that his country had existed for a thousand years. Like, when he went on his angry tirade and he was mm-hmm. getting agitated with all the people at the airport, he said, what do you mean? Like, Torrid, my country has existed for a thousand years. You can't tell me it's not real. Okay, the thing is, this, he would have to be from the future because if he was from way far in the past where there was just no documentation of it, he would not be accustomed to the technology. But here's my thought on that, and I actually have this written down. He said that his country existed for a thousand years, so that would mean he would have to be from at least a thousand years in the future. Mm -hmm. Presuming that Torrid just popped up as its own principality tomorrow, he would still be a thousand years ahead of us. exactly. That being said, this was in the 1950s. Oh, you're right. The 50s were only, let's see, 70 years ago. Mm -hmm. If I time-traveled back to the 50s, I would fucking know it long before someone told me my country didn't exist. Oh, yeah. Like... So it doesn't make sense either way. Yeah, technology-wise, and just the appearance of everything, the style of everything. Yeah. If you woke up 70 years in the past, you would know it instantly. 50s style was Yeah. So I can't imagine being over, you know, a thousand plus years beyond that, and then not notice. So that totally (laughs) rules that out. It really does. Yeah. In my mind, because this was my immediate thought when I was reading this explanation, that just doesn't make sense whatsoever. And I I feel like, story-wise, in the available stories on the internet and what you can read about time traveling or interdimensional traveling... Time traveling, it seems like something you have to try really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Interdimensional traveling seems to, I mean, I'm sure you can try really hard to accomplish yeah. it, but it also seems like it just kind of happens Accidental, to you. yeah. You just walk through, like, a weird chink in the force field, and then you're in another dimension. Like, my mans would have known if he time traveled. Exactly. <laughs> and you're telling me, like, a thousand years from now, they're still using airplanes and have customs counters and passports. Especially like, airplanes from the 50s. Ex- right. And you're going to tell me that Torrid not existing is the only thing that seemed off to him? Yeah, honestly. So, yeah. I just, I kind of throw that 
theory away, but I know there are probably people out there who have more compelling arguments than I do, but that doesn't. Uh, it makes total sense to me. I don't know. I think it's a little bit whack on a crack. Okay. Third theory, like you were talking about earlier, is that he was a spy. Mm-hmm. Or some other kind of criminal up to no good. Started making trouble in the neighborhood. <laughs> I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. She said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel We're going to get copyrighted. Sorry. No one's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you better leave that in there. <laughs> Rip. Um, so, yeah, some people who say he was a spy or other type of criminal, which, when you think about it, I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch kids' TV, so thanks, Jim. I watched a lot of James Bond movies. People who are performing espionage or other kinds of, like, white-collar, well-funded crime are very secretive mm. and very extensively trained. Yeah. Like, they have to be able to answer every question thrown at them. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to lie and be quick on their feet. They have to have proof backing up their stories. Like, I got into a bar once when I was 20 with a fake ID, and my friend handed it to me two minutes before we got to the bouncer and said, memorize the information because he's gonna ask you. And he did. (laughs) (laughs) He sure did, because I... I don't, I'm 25 and I don't look 21. No. So you can imagine how I looked at 20. Yeah, I was the same way. Some lady thought I was 12 at a concert and I was 20 with tattoos, but. Literally, okay, very small side quest. Two years ago, within the same day, multiple groups of children tried to get me to play with them because they thought I was one of them. <laughs> Literally a little girl, we were on the beach and a little girl, I was boogie boarding and this like. <laughs> 12-year-old girl was watching me, and she was like, can you teach me? I was like, yeah, sure. So I was showing her how to, you know, boogie board, and her mom was, like, watching. She's like, do you have your eye on her? I was like, yeah, no problem. I work with kids, you know. And then she had to go, and she was like, hi, uh, well, okay, I have to go, but what hotel are you staying at? Maybe if your mom talks to my mom, we can, like, hang out after. And I was like, I'm 23. I I live (laughs) away from my mom. (laughs) I'm like, I'm 23. And then literally later that same day, there was a group of kids out. It was, like, kind of getting dark. And there were a bunch of kids playing freeze tag on the beach. And they were like, do you want to play with us? And I was like, yeah. So I was, because fuck it. So I was playing freeze tag with these kids on the beach. And then one of them got up to me and was like, wait, you're, like, older. And I was like, don't look close. I thought you guys just wanted to play with me. (laughs) That's literally how mine was. We went and we got, we went to a concert. We went to Shinedown. And apparently, like, kids under 12 got in for free. And so, like, I was sitting, and I was getting ready for the first band to come up, and this lady pokes me from behind me, and I turn around, I'm like, what? Meanwhile, I have all my tattoos out, I got my piercing in. I turn around, like, yeah? She's like, did you get in for free? I was like, um, no. And she's like, children under 12 get in for free. I was like, I'm I'm 21. And she was like, she was flabbergasted. (laughs) I'm not even joking, it was crazy. But anyway... (laughs) was I going to say? I lost it. I had to say something regarding the spy thing. If he was a spy, why would he make up a country? You know? (laughs) That's a good question. Why not be like, oh, I'm from France? Okay, I got it. I got an explanation for you. Um, Normal passengers don't get to talk to the higher-up officials at the airport unless they're suspicious. So if he wanted to be near some higher-ups. Maybe. For some kind of espionage work. I mean, Maybe, I'm sure there like, are easier ways to do it, but... 
Yeah. You know? And even point out exactly where it is. Exactly. But, like, why? If you're a spy, why? I, that is a good point. Or lie and, like, okay, so you are from France. Lie and be like, oh, I'm from the United States. Yeah. And get a passport from there. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. But, I mean, like, the spy angle would explain him having, like, the money from other places and having a convincing backstory, mm-hmm. knowing multiple languages. Yeah. And That's being, a big one. And being able to, like, hone his emotions and, like, yeah. play off of and, that. And, like, having, like, stuff on his person that would, like, corroborate his story. Yeah. And, honestly, even him disappearing without a trace makes sense for a spy angle. I'm just wondering how he got out of the hotel window. Yeah. Well, I... Like, there's no hovercraft that makes no noise, you know? Emily, how many spy movies have you seen? Not a lot. <laughs> okay, that explains it. Okay, okay so, uh, there are ways to get out of a window. and Without anybody seeing them? And belay them? yourself down the side of the building. It's not like they had a fuck ton of security cameras. Dude, this is Japan, though. It's 1950. Japan. They had just had two nuclear bombs dropped on them, That's, Emily. I guess. I mean, I'm maybe I'm just thinking because now it's so popular, but... Yeah. I don't know. I wonder. I don't know much about society in Japan in the 1950s, I won't lie to you. Yeah, like, I mean, was it, was the people next door to the hotel just looking out their window and be like, some guy's climbing out their window. God, there's He's catapulting else. down this fucking wall. Just climbing down the building like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna throw my own theory in there. He was Spider-Man. <laughs> From the Spider-Verse? <laughs> yeah, he was Spider-Man, like the noir Spider-Man. The new... Yeah! Yeah. yeah. That'd be so funny. <laughs> that was him. That's how we got out. That's so We cool. solved it, guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> the man from Torrid was indeed Spider-Man. The man from Torrid was that guy. What was the guy? <laughs> John Teeter. <laughs> the man from Torrid was John Teeter, who is also an alias for Spongebob. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I'm very tired? Can you tell that we're basically children? <laughs> I think that was apparent from the beginning. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, that's about it. That's my spiel on the man from Torrid. It's probably just an urban legend that people yeah. have passed around because it's interesting and the world is boring and people want it to be interesting. Yeah, if I'm but correct, I'm gonna there's... tell myself that he was popped in from another dimension, blew everybody's mind, fucked shit up, and then just deuced it out of there. If I'm correct, I don't think there's ac- any actual evidence that this was a true story. Yeah, that's true. It just circulated and became really popular. We're not gonna look too close at that fact. Yeah, we're just gonna believe because we just think it's fucking awesome. We're gonna believe because we feel like it. And, and it makes no us happier. Reason. Yeah, it's it makes me happier to think that weird shit like that can just happen. Yeah. So, you know, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna roll on that skate for a while. And I also want I feel like we debunked the time travel and spy theory, so we're just gonna say that he glitched, man. Boom. It was a fucking blip in the multiverse. He and just he blipped in, he blipped out. Boy, yeah. what a story he had for his wife. Oh when he yeah, got home. oh my god, when he got home the torrid, he was probably like Do you I think anyone, I had the weirdest day. Do you think anyone believed him? No, they probably sent him to an asylum in like, Torrid. He just, like, trudges in home from his work. Briefcase. He takes off his hat. He puts down his briefcase. His wife says, hi, honey. How was your day? He said, Darla, you are not going to believe this. <laughs> and she did it. <laughs> like, do you think when people go fishing and they catch a fish and then they throw it back, do you think the other fish believe their stories? <laughs> Spongebob, you wouldn't believe where I was. <laughs> He's gonna be like, Patrick, where were you? The I was hooks. I was fucking in this guy's boat. He's like What's a boat? You mean our boat our our cars? Our boat cars? <laughs> that, <laughs> oh yeah, I, they I, have boats and they drive underwater. Exactly, bro. Second. So it's like, wait, okay, yeah, Patrick, you were in a boat, okay. 
are the people in Spongebob just stealing sunken boats from people and driving them around? They repurpose it and add wheels to it. Upcycle. (laughs) Upcycling. Guys, I I think we're tired. Okay, this is dissolved. This is not Spongebob conspiracy theory. Guys, I hope you guys liked this. I thought these stories were really interesting. We're definitely going to dive into multiverses more. Um, If you have any theories about what either John Teeter was, Senor Teeter, or the man from Torrid, if you have any theories, if you've heard something we didn't cover, or you just have your own thoughts you want to share, feel free to let us know, because we want to hear it. Oh, definitely. And once again, I know I say this every time, but if you guys have your own stories that you want to share of any kind uh, of the spooky variety... That you would like us to share on the podcast, uh, you can email us at ucf.pod at gmail, or you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter at ucfpodcast, on both for continuity and laziness. <laughs> and I guess that's it. Thanks yeah. for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Stay spooky, my friends.